When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, thanks for listening. This is Indie Beat. My name is Christopher Jason Bell. Thank you again for tuning in. Today, I have friend and filmmaker Heyun Park with me. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks for coming. I'm very excited to be here. Good. That's what we like. It was a dreadful day. It still is a dreadful day, so it's good to um, come in and talk to you about all the dreads. Yeah. Dreadful okay. Stuff. Yeah. Well, it helps, you know? Yeah. Um, so for the uninitiated, Heyan is a uh, filmmaker, and do you act in things like you haven't? Yeah, written? I actually uh, got started as an actor. Okay. Yeah, trained as an actor, uh, and then the filmmaking just uh, came in because I wasn't getting hired much for anything. I trained uh, in sort of traditional theater acting, and uh, started writing short films and little videos I would say four years ago I still have a hard time like trying to like explain what I do like oh I'm a writer director no I usually say actor writer filmmaker did you say like you're a performance artist too that started when I started doing my um getting really into my cl erotic clown acts They're like burlesque uh, clown acts so yeah and I do like the in the beginning of my my acting work, um, I did participate in a lot of kind of avant-garde experimental theater pieces, so I do love it. I forget how we met, but I, I came upon uh, your web series. Mm -hmm. So how did that get started? And it's called Hey Yun. Yeah, it's called Hey Yun. It's spelled a little differently to like make sure that people know it's not me, but uh, e, um, it started, I made a short film called Sumi. A few years ago and that was fantastic I wrote it um, a friend directed it I was in it but during the festival circuit and it was my first time experiencing submissions and all that so I got just got really frustrated at, at how expensive it was yeah, it's to bad. submit and then you get into a festival and like oh you need to make your posters and postcards and I was seriously suggesting my director like how about we just like write our movie title and our credentials on a paper towel and just hand it around so anyway so after that I just thought okay whatever the next thing I make I'm gonna just put it online and around that time I um, I think Louis CK's TV show started and I started getting really obsessed with stand-up comedy because growing up in Korea mostly I, I wasn't really exposed to the stand-up comedy culture so that was cool just around that time I started listening to Mark Maron's podcast so just looking up old comics um, routines the web series started out of I just I have all these stories and I have all these things happening in my life um, and the way that I was trained in theater I, I, I was I used to be very judgmental about making self-referential work so I would think oh that's not art that's just 
regurgitating what happened to me, but I just kind of got over that hump and just decided to go for it. I was like, Louis C.K. can do it. Why can't I? Hmm. Do you know, like, did you go back and, and check out, like, Korean comedy? comics stand-up comics and stuff just out of curiosity yeah well i i grew up idolizing margaret cho uh -huh. um but other than margaret i because in korea in the korean comedy scene in korea uh johnny yoon like in the like decades ago he was he he was doing stand-up but the long-form storytelling stand-up comedy doesn't really exist it's mostly sketch comedy and talk shows um but I went back to like watching Carlin and um, Richard Pryor stuff and just old stuff that the like the famous well-known comics right now like they're like years ago the work that they did. What is it about comedy that you grabbed? I think towards? because I had so much judgment about making stories that are either inspired by my real life or directly from happenings. I I kept getting inspired. I kept wanting to get affirmation from seeing other artists that I respect and to know that, oh, they, they're telling these stories that happened to them and it still is art and it's still inspiring and um, people can resonate with it. Mm. Yeah, I used to have that big hang up about it. About comedy? About like telling, um, writing stuff based on my life. Yeah. No, I that's mean, why I named the show my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think like I don't know. I I kind of feel that way too, and like I think now I'm able to. Maybe it happens no matter what, but it's like you kind of weave in like personal or what's yeah. like personal might not be like super apparent in your writing, mm -hmm. but I do think like learning because I didn't know shit when I started film school mm -hmm. and I know a little bit more but I feel like I was kind of not you know they kind of discouraged mm. maybe or maybe not maybe I just like automatically thought like no I can't write anything super personal or if it was personal mm -hmm. it kind of was lazy like yeah. we did a lot of projects that were like in our dorms and stuff which is uh -huh. like god please don't do that like you you're taking the time and you should you know put thought and care into it don't mm -hmm. just like I don't know. This this is your resume. Please don't just do something in your dorm and that's it. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. There was kind of like I don't know if it's like widespread, but I kind of felt the same way mm -mm. a while ago. Now I don't. Now I don't either. Yeah. Oh, I really want to talk about your movie. One times one. Yeah. I love it. But let's it not like so much. Why? Cuz I want, you know, okay, it's wait, wait. For it's, you, it's, okay. But... Well, I really loved it and Thank you. if you want to edit the order around, I can do that. But <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, how, so that was, so there were footages from the feature yeah. that you ended up not using and you made it into a short. Yeah. I just loved, and I don't, I haven't seen your feature or other work, but like, I love that how all the shots, like you just stay there like, yeah. from the beginning, like from that angle next to the kettle, you like, he, you just see the back of him. And that stuff just turns me on so much creatively. Yeah. I oh, just, good to hear. Yeah, because it's not you're not being spoon fed. Yeah. Because like typically you would watch you. I was you know I watched so many short films and you expect okay now it's gonna cut to the mirror shot. Yeah, yeah. Of him in front of the sink, um, in the bathroom. It seemed like the two characters aren't trained actors. Is yeah, that they're true? not. 
See, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Do you mostly enjoy working with non-actors? I like them both. I just, what I kind of want is, um, like, uh, people with a sort of, like, a presence, like, a great yeah. presence, which can be, like, the way they move or, like, the mm. way they emote and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, not necessarily. Mm. And I've, like, worked more with mm. actors. There's, there's beauty in both yeah both ways but there is something special about just because a lot not I mean great actors know how to be present and let go of all the habits and things that we're trained for but um, a lot of times on camera it's it's all there mm -hmm. and it takes a while I think for directors to it takes a really good director to just guide the actor to just like let all that go but when you work with a non-actor it's just it's just there bubbling and and it's all it's all just in there those two characters in the film like it's there wasn't much said there wasn't much movement but um it was so rich and beautiful i i saw this movie yesterday yeah and i just yeah it's one of my favorite short films i've seen damn recently. yeah damn you heard it here baby i'm where, talking to you listener where can the listeners where can they go to watch it right now uh it's on fan dependent films Dot com, and uh, soon it's going to be part of the Art of Slow Cinema Tao, T A O. Cool. Um, part of their permanent collection. Uh, some point soon. So if you miss it on Fan Dependent, you can watch it there. Get on it, people. That's right. Do it. Um, we need good art for our sanities. Yes. I like working with um, actors and non-actors, like we talked about in the beginning. Uh, but in BKPI, in one of the episodes. Um, there's a storyline between my character Mo and her Korean parents and uh, the actor who plays my father is uh, a closeted actor who's a cab driver Whoa. so he used to own a nail salon in Long Island with his wife for 25 years and during those 25 years he would like sneak into the city sometimes and do these like crazy plays but his wife was never happy with it so he would just pursue it little by little and now he works for a car service company in Flushing and he lives a super insulated life he barely speaks any English and uh, actually we had a lot of conversation about queerness through this project because in this scene my character is queer and um, there's some discussions about the parents not being happy about that so it was his first time working with somebody who's remotely in the queer community and he had a lot of fear so at first he after we had our meeting he said he didn't want to do this because by association by working with a queer artist he, he was too afraid to do that and if that was my actual father I think I would have had less patience but I also number one I knew he was gonna be the perfect actor for it so I really wanted him to be in it so we had this like really long compassionate conversation and I think he it was just something like a new awakening for him so that was awesome but he was one of the best actors I've ever worked with oh cool and it was just so much fun yeah yeah that's interesting mm-hmm do you why do you think he was more open because he could have walked away you know like why do you think he wanted to do it and like listen to you and, and stuff yeah. like that after being like no um well, he actually said later on 
that he felt like a force for me and that sounds kind of loaded but the first time <laughs> i met him i had i showed up like wearing a, a cowboy hat <laughs> yeah and i dressed weird so i think like whoa what is she i think he wanted to stick around to see what the deal was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and the whole scene was in korean so he felt comfortable about that oh gotcha yeah do you have this struggle of like is my work gonna be political or do you like not do you want to stay away from it like at least up until all this shit show started happening yeah did you do you sometimes have that like inner dialogue with yourself no because no. to me like your movie yeah, that short it is political yeah, yeah 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 no i do um i think like before that and before the feature they weren't really and it wasn't like I think that I did one short like about social issues and mm -hmm. about child services but it was like so subtle that nobody was really expected mm. to get that but now it's kind of like <clears throat> like why am I putting this out in the world why mm -hmm. does this need to get out there it doesn't mean it needs to be like an issue or a message or something like that but it needs to deal with something that I think needs to be dealt with so that's kind of where I go in now and I don't want to be like preachy or anything like that but it's 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 dealing with those ideas yeah. in a way that is aesthetically pleasing to me uh -huh. so it's like what would I do it's like well if I want to do this movie about uh Islamophobia or mm. something like that I should make it as clean as possible but then part of me is like no you gotta keep the shot going for like five minutes yeah and like, no that's you know, the that's not gonna like really set the world on fire and get the film out there so mm. there's that kind of thing so I'm kind of those two things are like what I'm looking for it's like mm. how can I use the medium in the way that I think it should be used at least for me mm -hmm. or like the movies I like yeah. and then how do I make it so that it's resonant uh, politically or socially uh -huh. um, those are the two things mm -hmm. I don't know what, how do you go about doing like writing and stuff yeah I like after like the first season of Heian people started like inviting me to like panels about like artist activists and it made me uncomfortable at first because I didn't I never would have considered myself an activist but I think just the way I think by make making stories that are very personal of mine and being an Asian American immigrant queer person who is also like um, passionate about body positive and like embraces the word I, I, I'm a fat person and um, so just by being because I am that being by telling personal stories it actually ends up being political because it's like creating space for people like me and um, to flourish and be the hero mm -hmm. of the story so yeah that happened just by the course of making my stories and now I feel like the way the world is it's impossible not to be political with your work and even for artists who say that they want to stay away from it no because just just by choosing what type of actors what type of characters that you're gonna cast in your story that is a statement yeah yeah I think yeah. like even like the most minor thing although we were like talking about this before and now I'm kind of like a part of why I kind of am doing the films or like the films I want to make stuff like that mm 
there was also a reaction to just being like, because I used to be a critic, so it was like I was mm. seeing a ton of films, and it's like, well, what are the indie people doing? And it was all white guy bullshit, and I was like, I don't want to fucking do that. Yeah, there's a lot of white guy yeah. bullshit. So it's like, when you say that, you know, it's kind of impossible, I mean, maybe now it is, mm -hmm. like, completely impossible not to be political, but yeah. I still see, like, too many things uh -huh. that are just like, it's white guy bullshit. And it's like, maybe they're funny, and like uh -huh. that's what they have. With well, at them, least are there are some of them white guy bullshit that are owning up to, okay, I am a privileged white guy, and showing that world and an effort to spread that privilege, or no? Yeah, maybe. Not, no. It and you know, you don't even have to do that. There's other things that they can right. get at. Right. Um, but I see a lot of stuff that just like doesn't make an attempt yeah. to do it. Um, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. Yeah. I don't want to tell anybody what they should do. Right. You know, it's like their time, their money. Yeah. Their art. Um, that's one thing I do like to talk about. I, I never judge people um, I'm about the type of stories they tell or the type of actors they cast. Um, there's been a lot of talk about movies in Hollywood that whitewash in the casting process and all of that. Everybody right now is in a panic of like wanting to do diversity, but a lot of the times they like half ass it or just don't do it in a in an authentic way. So what does that mean? Like oh we're doing diversity and um just like hiring actors of color just for the marginalized roles mm -hmm. or like changing like movies like 21 changing stories that were originally written for um, people of color and changing it into white characters mm -hmm. that would be an example um, but I like made a conscious choice five minutes in and it's pretty clear that none of the main characters are going to have a single person of color like my mind just shuts down mm -hmm. and I'm sh I don't care how good the movie it is if it's a work of a friend's I will watch it yeah. and be supportive but I made the decision to not consume content that that um that just that's not inclusive yeah yeah well, that's good you know someone can argue about that mm -hmm. and I've seen that and it's just like well fuck you like yeah. It's my time. Like, if, if this is not what I want to watch, I'm not feeling it, I owe them nothing. Nothing. You know, it's like, don't watch it. Nothing, yeah. So, the web series. Yes. <laughs> so you did one. season one, and then what happened? Uh, I did four little episodes for season one, and uh, I ran a Kickstarter campaign to try to... I had, um, like, five more episodes written for season two, and I did a Kickstarter campaign, but it failed, so the good thing was, uh, two months after that, I rewrote everything and decided to turn it into a mockumentary and break the fourth wall. Bam. So <laughs> the scripts actually got, the stories became a lot better. So yeah. And then a few months after that, actually season two, I, I shot like, like one of the episodes, um, is of me doing the clown show, debuting the clown act at an actual Lower East Side burlesque show and that one I just knew I didn't even have some of the other episodes written but I knew that I wanted to use it so I shot that like in June then a few months after that I shot another episode so two of them 
were um, like done, no budget, just friends helping out. And then I got some money together to shoot for more episodes. I feel like season one was about me like trying, like wanting to stand up for myself. And season two was me wanting to be ambitious. So, and around that time, that was my main struggle. Like, oh, I want to be ambitious, but I don't want to be a douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, how would you be a douchebag? So just this, by being ambitious? Yeah, or just I being, think this like, is an actor thing, too. I'm surrounded by actor friends, and there tends to be, like, two different school of thoughts. Like, okay, no matter how good of an actor you are, you may not succeed in this business. Just, like, hone on your craft and stay authentic to yourself. And then, so those people tend to sometimes judge the people who are putting themselves out there and at times not seeming so um, sincere and just going out for what they want. But now it's like, oh, fucking cares. <laughs> you do what you, you do it the way you want it. But yeah. I think being in the acting industry, it's there's a lot of concern for wanting to be true to the craft and not be overwhelmed by amb ambitions from the business. I literally didn't even have material to put together a reel for, and um, I was like, okay, the the at least I'll get footage for my reel. Mm -hmm. So, and all of it just I'm I'm super happy with how it's reached. Uh, it, it didn't go viral or anything like that, but I feel like some good folks watched it and got to know me and. Yeah, it, it was a fun experience. So you have another web series. Mm -hmm. um, can we talk? Definitely. So um, a few months after I finished the second season, um, these great producers at um, Super Deluxe reached out to me. And I was keen on pitching season three of Hey On to them, but they wanted original content. So um, in the back of my mind, I had an idea for a detective show with three women of color in Brooklyn. So I pitched it to them, and they liked it. So I, it's almost unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. No, I like... I'm glad you told me about that, too. That side of, like, filmmaking and, and whatever you want to call it is, like, completely, like, unknown to me. Mm -mm. And, um, which is fine. I still do... I get shit done. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like, now I kind of get it. But a couple years ago, completely in the dark. Uh -huh. So I didn't know how these things kind of worked or whatever. And I would like the show to kind of mm -hmm. be that, like, for someone who's in my position. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. you're going to be okay. Like, this is how some things could oh, work totally. and stuff like that. So it's really good to hear that, like, you put out a web series and people came to you and are like, this is awesome. Yeah. Let's do and shit the, I think the important thing is to not constantly have that voice of okay this should lead into something because I never had that thought uh -huh. like each time the short film I made called Sumi which you can watch on Seed and Spark actually S-U-M-I um, and both seasons of the web series it was literally okay if I don't make something right now I'm going to die Yeah. and then it was with the help of friends of course and social media and I actually enjoy engaging people and promoting stuff on social media um so with the combination of those things, when you work, when you make something, people come to you. I think yeah. just absolutely. Yeah. It's Especially kinda, if you just if you dig deeper into your own voice, you know. Yeah, it's kind of hard because it's like um, 
did you like try like web series festivals and stuff like that? Um, for Heian? Yeah. I submitted to a couple and some of them I got invited to. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, it's not going to happen to everybody. So, like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of scary thing. It's like there are tastemakers and whatever, like, you know, you put your fist up in the air and you're like, well, fuck you, you know, if you don't mm-hmm. get in. And if you do get in, it's nice. Mm. Still might not be, you know, great. But yeah. uh, it's a little harder when you release something and then there's no, like, tastemakers at least to, like, give it that platform and be like, we chose these, now you watch them. It's uh-huh. kind of like the the Wild West, as they say, if you just, like, put it up there. The digital space is the Wild West right now. Yeah. And another thing is, that with, like, Refinery29, Super Deluxe is one of them. I mean, they all these channels have, networks have digital sec- sectors. Yeah. Um, well, there's CISO now, too. CISO, yeah. yeah. But um, I think the funny thing is, Web Series started out of, like, DIY filmmakers like us. Literally, and and now all these folks with money are trying to monetize on it. So everybody, I, I notice even with working with Super Deluxe, who were amazing folks to work with, um, they would try. In the beginning, there were some trial and errors of like, oh, how are we gonna formulate this? Yeah. So it's completely the wild west. But I will tell you this. Um, so I made season one. Season one, I had, like, so little expectation that... Of Heian. Of Heian. So yeah. I, like, just a couple of write, small write-ups I got in, in on blogs, I was so flattered. And then season two, I wanted to... Um, I, I strategized a little better and sent out press releases to so many blogs and really worked hard on it. In the first two months, nothing. Yeah. I was so bummed out. Even, like... All these like Asian American blogs and I was like okay that's it and, and my mind tends to roll to okay I want to move on to the next one but our good friend Joanna Arno at that time when I told this to her she said no you stay in there think of it as a long campaign yeah. and she was showing me her like colorful charts of how she organized all the pr- promotion work for her feature documentary I hate myself smiley face <laughs> um which you should, you should, you guys should check out. Yeah, she said just like keep, keep doing the work, and I did, and it paid off, cause then I got like a nice sweet write up with Bit Bitch Media, and then I was, um, I was was invited on this um, panel talk for NBC producers, and then I was on Janet Mock's show, so it just rolled rolled into something, and then. I got a call. I literally just got a random email from Super Deluxe producers. So I think if you just put your work in and just hang in there. um, But yeah, the promotion work is going to be a long-term thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that you kind of have to like keep plugging at. And it's like, it's not fun and it could be really like dispiriting. And like, maybe, like we're not telling you like if you do it, it'll happen. Like it might not happen Uh if like those two months were the whole year mm-hmm. and then maybe you did like series three or whatever mm-hmm. like at least you would have the know-how to do that yeah for that next season then you'd be able to do it like totally it shouldn't be disappointing like failures for you because like it's not a failure and you learn from it mm-hmm. so there's i don't know you have to kind of like it's just different survival methods and mm-hmm. maybe <coughs> adapt and learn and stuff like that definitely i think that's important but anyway, yeah, so that's how um, I started uh, writing scripts for BKPI, which is the um, 
the web series about three private investigators who are um, not certified <laughs> to do the work, but I wanted to create a situation where all three of them just accidentally end up solving a crime in the neighborhood. And uh, so each episode is a different case. And I, so I wasn't born in Brooklyn, but I, I love Brooklyn. And I think it's partly because the few people I dated in the last, oh, wow, I've been in New York 10 years now. Um, 10 years are like native Brooklyn people. So I got to explore and um, get to know parts of Brooklyn that are beyond Williamsburg and Bushwick and Park Slope. So I just started like having this big crush on Brooklyn and wanted to like write make something as a love letter and I get really um like a lot of the mainstream indie films uh based in New York are centered with like the, the gentrifiers and the people who just live there because they were born and raised there are like you know in the outskirts and like used as buds is it butt of the joke yeah used yeah, as yeah. a butt of a joke so I wanted to flip that around I'm like okay so let's have characters who like own a bodega and who work at for the MTA and who who's a home health aide in the neighborhood. So um, yeah, those are the three characters who come together. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I saw a sneak peek at the trailer, and it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> so it's, I'm I don't know. I'm excited to yeah, see more. Yeah, it's fun. It. How many episodes did you do? We uh, shot four episodes, but two of them ended up getting lumped into one, so it's going to be three episodes. Okay. Yeah. And they're each 12 to 13 minutes. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I guess that's, like, something you can see on their website. Yeah, will be. I think um, the launch will be sometime in the spring. Okay. So, uh, yeah, follow Super Deluxe on their platforms, and, uh, yeah, it'll be coming. Is TV what you want to do? Um, it, I guess just because I did the Heian web series and then now this, I'm interested. So the next script I'm writing is, um, a pilot script for Heian. So I just kind of accidentally never, I never started with that interest, but I'm going to keep, keep digging in, in the TV area. What is it about like that kind of longer form narrative that strikes yeah. you? Um, well, first of all, I feel like right now in the TV world, there's a lot more inclusivity and more stories. Uh, I think there are more people giving chances to um, marginalized voices to tell their own stories. So that's one reason. And I like the idea of notion of like longer form, but also coming back to it. Because when instead of just having a two hour experience in the movie theater, which is still beautiful and it stays with you, but I like the fact, maybe it's because I'm like deeply lonely inside. <laughs> I like the idea of, um, okay, something happened and then what's going to happen next week and that expectation. Yeah. Intimacy. Yeah. But no more film. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm open to anything. I don't yeah. have a, a feature film script on my hand yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like writing is the hardest for me. Uh, and I still, I, I feel like such a new writer, so it's, I feel very insecure about that process, but like writing web, web series was easy, easy because it's just, you just have to figure out the arc or the stories within those 15 pages, 
but um, yeah, I can't like. Oh, it's it seems so daunting to write a feature film, mm. but one day I would love to. What is your writing process like? Uh, lots of uh, phone memos uh, added up, and um, like I, I I like collecting pieces, mm -hmm. and then uh, it f finding the through line in it. So a lot of procrastinating, <laughs> uh, and then just that ends up in like two or three nights of just pouring, mm -hmm. pouring together, pouring the stories together. Yeah. That's kind of just feature, except you have to have like way, way more notes, yeah. I guess. I mean, you until like you start getting your second, season third, arcs, yeah. Yeah. then you're going to be like... Ooh, arcs yeah. are hard. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about directing? Uh, probably problem solving. That's fun. Kind of like figure like, out like, oh, we could do this and this and this, uh -huh. and then you see it play out. And so like, you embrace well, challenges because that's, yeah. that's fun. What about you? Uh, I like learning how to be an alchemist. Like, I love it when, oh, these people that I had the gut that feeling that they were going to be perfect for it, like, end up working really well, and, yeah, I love casting and just putting the team together. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like an evil, like, what do you call it? You know in that cartoon, Inspector Gadget? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad guy? Like, you Dr. never claw, see his face. Yeah, yeah, So I feel like that, but, like, less evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to put you two but together. But you're a little evil. <laughs> a little evil. Like, yeah, yeah, Like, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as as things pan out, I notice things. Like, I, I'm just sensitive. So even when I'm, like, trying to focus on directing an actor, like, oh, I can see, like, oh, there's drama happening there. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stay out of that. Um, And then just kind of check in with myself. Oh, okay. That thing I thought would work out better than it actually is, but yeah, I think that's important to know like what people's different talents and personalities will will mingle. You know, I don't want to say like problem solving as in like I'm the master and I have all the answers because I don't. So like another great thing is like mm -hmm. collaboration, being really open because mm -hmm. it's always exciting when you have someone, actor, your DP or whatever. Um, they're like, well, what about this? Or like, they have an idea, and yeah. it's like, and it's really good. Yeah. And that's such an amazing rush. Uh huh. Um, because it's also like validating too. They're like, oh, you're into this. That's good. I didn't right. know. I didn't. Right. They're you know, invested. Like, yeah. So that's really, you know, that's again like, when I say boosting the ego, I we need it. Uh huh. Because it's like, you know, we such do. a. It could be like such a terrible thing where, like, we're, again, we're talking about like, oh, I released this thing and didn't hear anything back for two months. Like, mm -hmm. so every little thing you know is mm -hmm. very important and like that's one of them that's fun like when you're all coming together like in different ways to like make this thing and everyone's yeah. into it that's like definitely a favorite part it's beautiful yeah, yeah. please check out Heyun's web series which is also called Heyun but it's spelled a little differently mm -hmm. and uh, my name is H-Y-E-Y-U-N and the show is H-E-Y it's like Heyun that's right mm-hmm uh, and you know I'll Put them in the article so you won't have to go too far to watch them and Ooh. uh be on the lookout for bkpi mm -hmm. um yeah we'll and see. like follow Spring. me on follow me on social media and yeah if you like the stuff that i made reach out to me and i'd love to talk to you all cool good thanks all again right. you are listening to indie beat we're on the playlist podcast network Thanks for tuning in. Please leave a comment and all that stuff if you liked it. If you didn't like it, don't do any of that. Um, 
Yeah, thanks everyone. Goodbye. Tune in again, please. Bye. Stay safe and sane.